As we move from ski season to spring, it's time to get those mountain bikes out. Most ski families use season passes to make skiing more affordable and fun. If your family mountain bikes, there's a new way to save on those adventures too. Make the most of spring and summer in the mountains with Lone Pass, the premier North American mountain biking pass. Lone Pass gives you over 60 days of access to some of the best mountain biking destinations across the country. Use discount code SKIMOMS15 to save 15% off your family's Lone Pass today at LonePass.com. That's L-O-A-M-P-A-S-S dot com. Lone Pass is available in two versions, for kids ages 6 to 11 and the adult pass for ages 12 and up. The pass combines access to the most premier resorts, gets you into bike parks, and connects you to shuttle companies to get you where you need to be. It's the one pass you need to bring the best cycling to your family. Remember, you'll get two days at each of the resorts, parks, or shuttles, making the investment one that will pay off big. Remember to use code SKIMOMS15 to save 15% off your family's loan pass today. Welcome to the Ski Mom Fun Podcast. We're your hosts, Nicole and Sarah. Welcome to season two of the Ski Moms Fun Podcast. Throughout the summer, we'll bring you a few episodes to keep you thinking snow year round. Today, we're so excited to be joined by Christina Von Trapp Frame from the Trapp Family Lodge in Stovermont. Christina is going to tell us about what it was like to grow up as a Von Trapp, a little bit about the Trapp Family Lodge and all that there is to do there year round, and about her incredible love of the outdoors and sports and the passion that she's passing on to her daughters. Welcome, Christina. We usually like to start with the origin story of how you learned to ski, how skiing came into your life. And I think yours is a good one. (laughs) Yeah, we are. My brother and I are so lucky to be growing up in Stovermont. We grew up um, with our dad running, uh, operating the Trap Family Lodge in Stovermont. And so cross-country skiing, was part of our lives. We literally lived on the lower end of the ski trails. So we would go skiing all the time. I think I was two and a half when I first started. And we skied a lot because we grew up without a TV um, and without a lot of sugar in the house. So my mom would bribe us. If we would get out to the picnic knoll, we could get bars of chocolate. Oh my gosh. I love your mom so much. Um, And were you flipping and flopping back between um, skinny skis and alpine skis? Did you just have all the gear at your house? Well, we do right now with my girls. But when I was growing up, I didn't start alpine skiing until I was six years old in first grade in the elementary school here. The uh, Stowe has something called the Friday afternoon program. And when I was a kid, it was it was the Friday ski program and it was only downhill skiing. And every kid from first grade to 12th grade got out of school at noon on Friday um, from January to March and went skiing. And so that's when I first alpine skied. Tell us about growing up at the at the lodge. Like what what did you do day to day as a kid? Like did you got was your did you live in the lodge? What what was the what was it like? Yeah, we have well, um our hotel is 1 mile from our house. And this is where my and I'm in the hotel right now. Um this is where my dad worked and where my grandmother lived. My grandmother is Maria von Trapp. Um my father Johannes is the youngest of the three children that Maria and the captain had together. 
And he took over the hotel in 1968, um, running. It was just, at that point, it was a small 25 room hotel. And, um, and he started cross country skiing. Um, so when I came along in 70, this is just what we did. And where my house is, is the same site where I grew up. So same barn, same chicken coop. And I think my brother and I were four and six years old when our, when we got paid for our first job, which was picking up trash for 25 cents an hour. And we were psyched because we were making money. And then we started helping in the cross country ski center, passing out skis, boots, and poles. And then we helped in the gardens and we were, you know, um, helping people get their luggage to their room and then busing tables and then waiting tables and, uh, we have such a big resort that we're lucky that there are a lot of different jobs to experience. And now we're, we have 2,600 acres. So there's a lot going on. And for um, the listener who's not seen or been to the Trap Lodge, let's try to give um, a visual to them because it is quite, it's not just a lodge, it's quite a property. Yeah, thanks, Nicole. It's, we are really lucky. We have this beautiful hillside. You don't just come across our property if you're driving around town. You have to make an effort to turn up the hill. And it's just really, really peaceful. We look out over the town of Stowe and then to the Worcester mountain range on the other side. That's all protected land. So it's this beautiful hillside across from us. We have amazing gardens. The concert platform faces west to the valley where the sun sets. We have a combination of open fields, uh, which we graze our cattle in. Um, So our cattle rotational graze between the different fields. It's this beautiful hillside that you can either go for a you know, 50 kilometer trail run, or you can go and sit on a bench and enjoy the birds singing and the scenery and uh, watch the clouds go by. We have our hotel that has 96 rooms, but we also have 100 timeshare units and then um, 30 fractional. So we have other people on our property that also might mountain bike around, and it's fun to go to these different destinations and our cabin. Gosh, I didn't even tell you about the cabin that's three miles up in the woods. And in the winter, you can cross-country ski to it and get some hot soup and sandwiches. Um, in the summertime, it's open at, for shelter. But it's nice for uh, to have a location to go to because, especially when you're cross-country skiing, you don't have the break of sitting down on a chairlift to get some rest. Um, and then the same thing with mountain biking. You can go up there and sit down and have your snack and then um, and then get going afterwards. Um, but tell us a little bit about why the family settled in Vermont and the, a little bit of the, the storied history, just for maybe the 1% of the listeners that don't know the story. Well, it's just fine if if people don't know the story. It's not a problem. And and funny enough, when I do tell people of my name that growing up, my name was Christina Von Trapp, they would look at me and say, wait, Von Trapp, are you real? Is it is the movie real? Are you real? Um, so my father, Johannes, is like I said, is the youngest of the three children that Maria and the captain had. It is true that there were the original seven kids that you see in the Sound of Music movie. They all fled Austria in 1938 because they didn't didn't want to work for Hitler. They settled for the first few years in Pennsylvania and then came to Stowe in 1942 and bought um, this working dairy farm on the top of a hill which it was not as easy to get up here at that point. It was dirt road and it was long and it got quite muddy, but they just knew it was this beautiful, peaceful hillside. It reminded them of Austria with a lot of water and ponds and rivers and open fields and forests and mountains. 
but it was also the people of Vermont that they really connected with. They were hardworking, down to earth, um, private people. But if someone needed help, somebody's house burned down or whatever, boom, everybody was there to help out and get it built right away again. Continued singing around the world until 1955, 56 um, as a family. I mean, they were amazing singers. They sang all a cappella without musical accompaniment and they memorized everything and their voices were incredible. And then when they finished singing, it was because they all were older and had families and, um, and couldn't, couldn't just keep, keep traveling. So it was my uncle Werner that settled in Waitsfield and he has a lot of family there. And I have cousins that do cheese and um, dairy farm and building and um, gosh, amazing stuff and gardens and tulips. My dad, Johannes, took over running the hotel in 1968. He was the youngest. He was, he was kind of the last one left. And um, I'm so lucky I grew up here. And is, you, you grew up um, with the lodge sort of as your, your home and your backyard and your, your family's livelihood. Um, and then you left. Tell us a little bit about that. So what was your time like away? And did you think you were you know, going to pick a different path versus the one that your family had picked? I was working and then traveling and working and traveling. So I graduated. So I started working my junior year in college when I was at University of Vermont in Burlington, Vermont, um, teaching skiing part time. And I did it with a friend of mine. I graduated December of 92 and kept teaching skiing professionally full time. And then I had an option to teach skiing in Australia. I was like, gosh, how can I say no to this? Um, What a what a what a bonus. And I had connections to work on cattle ranches. I also rode and rode and trained horses. So I went for three summers, you know, our summer, their winter in the Southern Hemisphere, um, three summers in the 90s to teach skiing in Australia at Perisher. And then I also worked on some cattle ranches. I moved to Aspen, Colorado full time. Aspen gave me what I was looking for at that time in my life. I was looking for a year-round town to live in, um, top women skiers, and top ski school and training, and wonderful mountain to ski. And I landed in a wonderful place for seven years. It was spectacular there. My first daughter was born there. Um, Okay, so you're in Aspen. We're, We're back to your journey. You're in Aspen. You had the baby. You're loving your lifestyle. When did the siren song of Stowe um, start? Let's take a quick break. Spring is here, and we know even after the snow melts, ski moms love to play outside. Skeeta, our favorite Vermont outdoor accessory brand, has you covered as the seasons change. This spring, Skeeta is celebrating its 16th birthday with fresh prints like the pastel, whimsical, and plein air collection. Our favorite pieces include the throwback headbands. This headband is made to keep hair and sweat off your face. The single-ply design gathers neatly in the back for maximum styling. Wear it scrunched or lay it flat. It's your perfect partner for any activity where you want a great pop of color and style with minimal fuss. For sunny days, we adore the Skeeta Brim Hat. This five-panel camp hat is the perfect grab-and-go companion. Made in a lightweight, water-repellent material, this hat is ideal for hiking, camping, and the beach. Whether you are cheering the kids on at a lacrosse game, exploring with your girlfriends, or simply walking in the woods with your loyal pup, Skeeta accessories are there to make Ski Mom life more fun. Save 15% off your order with code SKIMOMS15 at checkout. 
Well, um, it started with my husband. We um, had always, we built a house in Basalt right outside of Aspen. And we had it with the idea, we built it with the idea that maybe we would move back to Stowe to raise our kids if we needed to or wanted to or whatever. Um, And he was offered a job helping to develop Stowe Mountain Resort. Um, from when AIG owned it in, boy, in 03. We moved back in November of 03. Probably five people that had developed Aspen Highlands in Aspen, Colorado, came to run that resort, came to run the development at Stowe Mountain Resort. So they included him in that project. So my husband, Walter Frame, came back to work and we said, gosh, how can we say no to him having a great job in this small town, you know, of less than 5,000 people? We can't say no to that. So when Stella was six months old, we moved back to Stowe and um, classic, lived at my parents' house um, while we um, built a house on the same site where I grew up. Uh, Then did you um, stay home with the kids for a bit? And were you ski instructing? Did you start working back at the lodge with your, your parents right away? Or how was that um, transition? I actually felt really lucky to be living at my parents' house because my husband was working a lot. And that April, when we moved back, we got three two-foot dumps of snow. And I didn't have to find a babysitter last minute. I could just say, Mom, can I go for an hour? And, and we're so lucky. We're 15 minutes from the mountains. So I could go and just hammer out you know, four or five runs and then come back. And I was laughing because I was saying in the, in the old days, if I had a day off before kids, if I had a day off and I was free skiing with friends, we would ski, we would stop and chat. We would ski some more. We would stop and chat. Once I had kids, I was like, Oh, talking on the chairlift only let's go. Like we are skiing hard, maybe stop once on the way down, talk on the chairlift or on the way home, because we got to get back to the kids now. And that's really why I started cross-country skiing so much more because I could take the kids with me and I didn't have to find a sitter. So I was laughing that I, I went from cross-country skiing maybe three times a month when I was teaching downhill skiing full-time to cross-country skiing seven days a week and downhill skiing, you know, four days a month <laughs> after I had kids. But, um, but your question was getting back to the business. So I did t- start teaching downhill skiing again. They um, roped me in to help out initially with the women's groups um, because I could just work kind of four days at a time. Um, and then part-time just with privates. And then maybe in 2011, my husband joined our family business at, Stowe, at uh, Trap Family Lodge. And he left Stowe Mountain Resort. So I've been teaching skiing kind of seasonal, part-time, um, just doing privates and uh, women's groups or clinics um, and having a great time do, teaching a variety of people and ages and also being more involved in my family business. So we all, we just, we all juggle everything and luckily we're close enough. When it's really busy, I will teach downhill skiing from nine to 12 or nine to one. I will come back home, change, shower, and then go work at the beer hall, hosting and bussing tables from two to 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) That's what I did the past two years. (laughs) And now I know you have two daughters. Um, Are they, 
did you teach them to ski? Are they as enthusiastic about the outdoors as, as you were? How is their relationship to skiing and, and with you? And is that how you guys spend family time together? Yes, we spend a lot of family time together outside, whether it was summer or winter. And, and this is really what I love about your podcast. It's about having fun. It's not about what your results are in a race or a competition. And I really tried to gear that for my kids too. It was about having fun and bringing food with you and seeing what different trails of animals, you know, animal tracks you see in the snow. Um, um, I took the kids on a lot of adventures. The first time I took my kids up to the cabin was a big deal because to get to the cabin is a lot. It's a lot of vertical and it's a long way. And we had um, bread with uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with us and brownies and lots of water. And um, it's a big event. So it was a, it was a great celebration. And I started cross-country skiing in my house on the runner straight runner carpet so that they were just managing their skis. They didn't have to manage the skis and the slipping at the same time. So they would go straight to the end of the carpet, do, 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 a, do a 180, slow little steps around, and then straight to the end of the carpet again at the other end, and then a little 180 to go around until they got the hang of that. And then out on our driveway, um, just wanting to be fun and trying to take it, take it in baby steps and, um, you know, step by step. Hey moms, we know you're missing the snow this summer, but we've got something just for you. Our limited edition Ski Mom t-shirt and tank top. Each doll comes in four fun colors just for ski moms. And as always, 10% of the profits go to support the Share Winter Foundation. Show shop, show off your ski mom pride and support a great cause. To shop the collection, click the link in the show notes or head to our Instagram page, at Ski Moms Fun and click the link in our bio. And now back to our show. So is the lodge open year round or is there a time where you do close down? You know, that's so interesting. So it's funny in the summertime when people come here and they look around and everything is so green and, and gardens are crazy, beautiful colors. They look around and they say, oh gosh, what's it like in the winter? Do you shut in the winter? And I say, no, 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 we're open in the winter. It's just a different color scheme. Everything's white and brown and lots of snow. And we do different activities with different sets of clothing. And then in the winter time, people look around and say, oh gosh, what's it like in the summer? Do you guys close in the summer? I said, no, 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 we're open in the summer too. Again, different sets of clothing and different activities. And the sun stays up till later. Um, oh my gosh, in the summertime, it's great. We have... If people are staying on property, we have um, tennis and, and a huge outdoor pool. And um, gosh, there's a frog. We have ponds. Kids go collecting frog, you know, catching frogs all the time, gently catching frogs. Um, like I said, walking in the gardens, raspberry bushes, blackberry bushes, you know, picking all kinds of things, um, little fishing. We love that there are four seasons available for outdoor fun. One of the things we wanted to talk to you about was trail running and why it can be a really good fit for ski moms. Nicole, I totally agree. I enjoy trails because pretty much every step you need to pay attention to and maybe every five or 10 steps there's a different view. So it is not like going out on a straight paved road, just thinking, oh, when am I going to get to the end of that? 
Um, there's always a little something different to look at, whether the leaves are changing color or it's different time of day and the sunlight is coming through the trees differently or the different birds are singing. And trail running, I think, is also good because it keeps you looser. You take smaller steps to always stay in balance and therefore um, your feet stay underneath you. So you have good balance and you're moving your arms and your shoulders to help you with balance and around corners. So it helps you stay looser. You're not just fixed in one position as if you're going straight down a paved road. And there is no shame in walking up hills. There is, that is, that is actually congratulated. So if someone wanted to, to try trail running, um, cause I kind of fall into the camp that Nicole was saying, I mean, I would love to run. I just, I, I just, it's never been something I felt that um, really clicked for me. What would you say is like the base layer, base level of like investment I would need to make? Like, I'm guessing I can't, I shouldn't just go in my regular running shoes or what do I need to get? Good question. Um, uh, so in my experience, a pair of trail running shoes are helpful because they have a little bit of a stiffer sole. So if you step on a rock, it's not going to go up and bruise your heel or your arch as much as it would with your regular road shoes. That being said, it's not depending on what kind of trail you're going on. A lot of our trails here are literally gravel. Our beginner trails are gravel roads that are just fine. And I can tell you that because my trail running shoes are really old right now. So I've been running in my road shoes and I've been just fine. So that's the beauty of it. You really don't need much else. And, you know, you, your, your shoes and a, I always wear a visor to keep my hair out of my eyes and maybe a little bug spray and off you go. And I do love one thing about trail running, you have to pick your feet up. So I think as aging athletes, um, I turned 50 a couple of years ago, um, we tend to start to shuffle a little bit and trail running really forces you to get into the habit of picking your feet up. Otherwise you're going to kick a rock or a root. Um, and I do think it's really helped my overall like athleticism by spending time on the trail and I think it's great for skiers because, as you were saying, with the balance, you do really have to work on your your balance and your weight transfer a little bit as you're going, you know, up and up uh, little traverses. Um, and I think mentally, it's a lot like skiing, where road running, you know, I tend to like when I'm on pavement, I tend to listen to a podcast or music or something. But to your point, when I'm trail running, I can't do anything other than you know try and stay vertical. <laughs> I'm trail running. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And along, so trail running is also really good for your skiing because you have to look ahead where your next step is going to be. Um, think of being in the moguls or, um, you know, so skiing, so trail running is more like skiing moguls and terrain skiing and tree skiing. Um, whereas groomers are more like skiing on the, or running on the pavement. And um, I really like having to pay attention because it, it gets me out of my usual day. Uh, you know, I, I'm not thinking about what am I going to make for dinner or did, or did, oh, did I did get, that, get that load of laundry done or, or that one last email. I have to be very present when I'm trail running. And that's really what you want to be doing when you're skiing as well. Don't be discouraged if you're like, oh, I only went one, one mile. It's like, yeah, but that was a hard one mile. And it's so great because if it's flat, you jog. And if it's steeper, you can just fast walk. What I really use as a gauge is my uh, pulse, is how how hard I'm breathing. So for me, really, I that's how I just regenerate. 
Um, we do, my brother and I do a lot of work in front of guests, which is great because it makes people so happy, but to really get some peaceful time for myself, I need to be outside, no music in my ears, no, nothing touching me, just going running or skiing and having some peaceful time. And because I know our trails so well, I can just go and meander along and run for or hike as little or as long as I need to. So, so that's one of the things that always um, kind of scares me when I go out on hikes is not knowing the trails. So this is your backyard that you grew up with. I'm afraid of like going into 2,600 acres and not coming out. Um, so I'm assuming these are all very well marked. Yes, they're a very good point. <laughs> yes. You, um, a lot of people think like, oh, if I go in those woods, am I going to end up in Canada? <laughs> um, yes. At all, we have things that are very well marked at all the intersections. We have trail names. And for the most part, at all the intersections, there's also a map posted. So you know where you are on the map. And in the wintertime, we have guided tours and lessons for cross-country skiing. And in the summertime, we have guided and lessons for mountain biking. And now you 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 host these um, amazing distance trail runs. I think you had a, a 50K run that you host there. Yeah, we we partner with a great company that um, does a half and full marathon in October. Um, and then it's called the Traps Mountain Marathon. And then in late June is the Catamount Trail Ultra or the Catamount Ultra. And that's a 25K and a 50K. And because we have so much land, we can host the whole event on our property. And it's really special for people because it, it's also funny, people have different perceptions of what Von Traps are like. And rarely do my brother and I kind of fit the perception. So when I'd be running along next to somebody saying, oh yeah, I am a Von Trapp. You know, when I'm in the race, they're like, what? You're a Von Trapp and you're doing this race? I was like, oh yeah, this is, that's why we're hosting it. Cause I want to keep doing these things. So it's really fun to have people come and participate. And they're always so thankful that we open up our private property to this event. And whether people come to those events or want to come for a day visit to our property, um, even if you're not staying with us, you can just pay a day trail fee and explore our trails and gardens on your own. So are you a, uh, an Epic Pass holder? Um, what am I? Epic. Yes. Vail Resorts. So Stowe is owned by Vail Resorts now. So um, yes, Epic Pass, which offers so many wonderful opportunities. We have a friend um, who's down in Ludlow, Vermont. And so another friend and I just picked up and went to ski Sunapee before we saw her the other day, or last this past summer. And it was so fun to go explore another mountain. So I can see the allure for a lot of people. But I got to tell you, Aspen is still in my heart. So I do go back and ski in Aspen a fair amount. And tell us about the products that Traps has. You know, we've really had to change our offerings because people want to visit us year round now. So when I was a kid, we had a winter pass only. But then um, we start, my brother introduced mountain biking to our property. Um, we have wonderful trails. And we learned that people wanted to come hiking here in the summer. And we would see people and we started saying, hey, you know, what are you doing? They're like, oh, we have a pass here. And I said, well, that was the winter pass. And we're like, oh, we need to get up to speed. People want to be here in the summer as well. Oh, and we didn't ask you about your apres ski. Do you have a favorite um, drink or maybe it's one of the beers that you brew? Uh, apres ski, I got to go with beer any day, any day of the week. 
Um, our Hellesphere is so good. Helles means bright in German. It's really light and easy drinking, um, low alcohol content. It's just, it's just a wonderful beer. And then in the summertime, we are brewing a Rodler. And Rodler means it's part grapefruit juice and part beer. So really low alcohol content of 3.9% and really refreshing. Um, and because it's grapefruit, it's not sweet. It's a little bit sour, but um, so again, really refreshing. So summertime, it's the Rodler and winter after skiing, it's the Hellas. We do have a favorite food in our family that we've been passed down through my mom's side. Um, and they're called monster bars because the recipe is monster. Um, it pretty much is homemade protein bar. It's M&Ms, peanut butter, oatmeal, eggs, and butter. And it is gooey and just wonderful. And my whole family is known for it. My mom, any of my childhood friends say, oh, is your mom going to be there? Are you going to bring monster bars? So it's just, it's kind of, it was like the first rendition of uh, gluten-free protein bars. I love this. You have so, so many wonderful memories. And I love that, you know, skiing is yours as well. And I think a lot of women that we've talked to, we really try to celebrate that, that their relationship with skiing is going to make the family's relationship with skiing something very different. That when we find the joy in it and when it fuels us in a very particular way, that can't do anything but, you know, bleed off into the family's experience. And, and you know, we can tell them to, you know, forge their path and to make their way and to, um, not compare themselves to other people, but by doing it, you know, ourselves and by having our own relationships with sports and time outdoors is really how they're going to model and learn from, um, from us. You're right. It, it really, it's not the words, it's the behavior and, and they will pick up on, if you're not walking the walk, they pick up on it right away, whether it's your tone of voice or the things you say, or, or you say, Oh no, I'll get to that tomorrow. Um, if you go and just do it, they're like, oh, I can do that too. Well, Christina, thanks so much. We loved talking to you and hearing your stories about growing up at the Trap Family Lodge, hearing about your family's history and your love of everything outdoors. We'll link to trapfamily.com in the show notes where people can book their stay and find out more. If you're not able to get to Vermont, you can also check out SkiMomsFun.com family rentals page where we have Ski Mom approved uh, vacation rentals everywhere from California to Connecticut. So check that out. Thanks now. No one works as hard as a Ski Mom. With Mother's Day right around the corner, we want to remind everyone to shop the Ski Mom's gift guide for the best ideas. These are the gifts we want to give and get for Mother's Day. Prices range from under $10 for simple treats like notepads to big splurges like a new boot bag. Remember, the big day is Sunday, May 12th, so you want to shop now to make sure everything gets there in time for mom. Visit the SkiMomsFun.com gift guides page or click the link in show notes to see our picks for this year. Make it easy for your kids, partner, or spouse and just forward them the link. Or better yet, treat yourself to something from our expertly curated Ski Mom wish list. Remember, visit SkiMomsFun.com and look for the gift guide page. Mm-hmm.